E-S-N-Y. Yeah, because technically I am still in class. There is a little bit of a meeting going on on that screen over there. Yeah, no, it's just something that I have absolutely zero interest in. This has been like the biggest waste of an hour and a half of my life of all time. Uh, I gained absolutely nothing from this guest speaker. So we're going to record a podcast instead. This is interesting. Um, I hope your professors don't listen to Yankees podcasts. Uh, I hope not to. I think I think this professor's a Giants fan, so I think we're in the clear. Absolutely. Um, hi, everyone. I'm so sorry I wasn't here last week when Brett Gardner signed, and I jumped in a pile of ice. It wasn't snow, it was ice, but I Oof. did it. Yes, good for you. Uh, also, let's just intro the podcast, because now that you're finally back, I get to pick the bone with you. I have a bone to pick with you, and now I get to pick it. So this is episode 94 of the Bleacher Creatures Yankees podcast presented by Elite Sports New York, Crossing Broad, Warwick Gaming, and XL Media. As always, brought to you by Rivercrest NYC. And not two weeks ago, on this very podcast, you said it was my fault for getting you hyped up for Brett Gardner coming back to the Yankees. And it's on me because I doubted myself. I should have just stuck to my guns because I knew Brett Gardner was going to come back. and. Lo and behold, Brett Gardner returns to the New York Yankees. So Team James gets the win in the end. Team Allison had a lot of online support, but it doesn't matter because Team James is coming away with the real victory. Team James, no, Team James did not get the win in the end. And I'll tell you why. I have severe anxiety, so it just made it worse. It exacerbated an already pre-existing condition. So therefore, Team Allison all the way. Mental health matters, you know? Mental health matters. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, Brett Gardner's back and you get the, you get the chance to finally just be happy about that for a quick second on the podcast. I am so very happy about Brett Gardner returning. Um, obviously a lot of people were very upset because they're like, wait a minute, they already announced Clint Frazier's the left fielder. And they said, Brett Gardner's going to be a regular. Well, no shit guys. You really think Stanton's going to stay in the outfield position. He's going to probably do some DHing. We don't know what to expect from Aaron Judge. The guy's going to be out there. He's going to be the number one guy that they're going to call on, at least from the bench. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, Brett Gardner has, he's established himself as a guy who's going to stay healthy throughout the season. He's not going to miss a lot of games. So when you're looking at a bench role, saying, okay, we need a guy who can play center field, who can play both corner outfield positions, because if somebody goes down, which is extremely likely with this outfield, with Aaron Hicks, Aaron Judge, And I mean, even Clint Frazier isn't immune to injuries. So if one of those guys goes down, we need somebody on the bench that we know can plug into the lineup and play every single day for as long as we need him to play until we can get our guys back in the lineup. Brett Gardner is that guy. He's that dude. And let me tell you, I have yet to listen to um, R2C2 featuring Brett Gardner. Um, I was going to do it today when I was out and about for work, but I have not fully listened to it yet. Real excited to, because I've heard bits and pieces of it, but how can, how can you hate that guy? I just don't understand. Unless you're Clint Frazier, who's wearing a turtleneck in his original team picture, and he's the only one on the team wearing a turtleneck. So 
definitely a shot at Brett Gardner. He's like, look at me. I got my turtleneck. Where's yours, Brett? Um, but really, how can you hate Brett Gardner? I just no, don't know. Not how even do not even Clint Frazier can hate Gardy because it's, you know, these two have been competing for the same position for what, two years? And Clint yeah. has nothing but respect for Brett Gardner. He said, Gardner has done nothing but help me try to take his job. So how can I hate that guy? How can I, how can I be disappointed that he's back on the team and may, I don't know, maybe he takes 50 to a hundred at bats away from me this year. It's going to be fine. Everything's going to work out. Listen, I mean, the idea that these are two, and they're also two extremely competitive guys. Like what sort of guy is going to step down and be like, oh yeah, no, you can have this position. Like just take it. No, of course not. They're both going to fight for their right to play. But at the same time, Clint Frazier and Brett Gardner have made it very clear just how much they respect each other. And when Brett Gardner was re-signed, Clint Frazier even made a comment and he's like, I know a lot of you people are expecting me to be mad that Brett Gardner is re-signed, but I was probably the happiest one in the room. He has been such a role model and a mentor for Clint Frazier and who knows if Clint Frazier is an all-star this year, can we thank Brett Gardner for it? Probably. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. And I think it's also important to remember that Brett Gardner is not the defensive only outfielder that Yankees Twitter seems to think he is. He has been an above average offensive hitter by OPS plus and weighted runs created plus in, you know, for as long as, as long as it takes for him to get old, you know, 2018 was an anomaly. That doesn't count. He had a really bad year in 2018, but 2019, 2020, 2017, 2016, above average hitter. So this isn't some slouch. They're like, yeah, well, maybe in like the seventh inning, we're putting him out there for Clint Frazier. Clint's not going to get another at bat today. And we want the better defensive outfielder out there. No, Brett Gardner, when he's in the lineup, he is going to bring above average production. It doesn't look above average because of the other guys the Yankees have in the lineup. But statistically speaking, it is above average. Okay, now that we've got the best topic of conversation out of the way, I'm done. So, yeah, that's it. That's going to do it for today's podcast. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no. Uh, the other thing, big news, Aaron Boone, he mm-hmm. had a pacemaker put in today. Apparently, everything went fine. He's going to be back in the dugout in a few days. Uh, but that was extremely frightening to get that out of Very. nowhere yesterday. Very, very scary. And, you know, I guess he had been dealing with some things for a little bit, but yesterday just kind of was the you know, the final step. And the fact that like they were able to arrange surgery like later that day was just astounding. You know, that I think I think this had been kind of planned in advance. I think like Boone had been having these symptoms for weeks. And I think this was kind of leading up to this. And we had just heard nothing about it. And then all of a sudden, you know, was it Tuesday morning as Aaron Boone's going in for a heart procedure and whoa, 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 hold on, hold the phone. What do you mean Aaron Boone's going in for a heart procedure? And it turns out he's just getting a pacemaker. It's outpatient. He's going to be fine. So that was super scary, but we're very glad that Aaron Boone's going to be back. Uh, Apparently, he was on the phone with Carlos Mendoza, and the first thing he asked was how spring training was going. And Mendoza was mad at him for not talking about his own health first. But, you know, that's just the guy Booney is. We love Booney. Yes, and I I read that uh, Brian Hoke also tweeted that the Yankees all got together and did like a, you know, well wishes um, video, of course, for their manager um, and Brett Gardner sent it over. Like, what? Does the guy even own a phone? Like, I think we've clarified over the years that he doesn't own, he, he might be Amish. I don't know. Like, he does not own any technology. It's just not him. But apparently so. 
No, he's got like an old Nokia, like the one that you can play Snake on and absolutely nothing else. If you want to send a text message, you have to hit the five button like eight times to text uh, one letter. Yeah, that's Brett Gardner's phone. Well, then it must have taken him a long time to send said video because that was probably a major production. But yes, so obviously the uh, we've learned that Aaron Boone is very, very dedicated to his team and to the cause and to the sport. So, you know, that's great news on our part, but also super great news that he's doing well. And I believe he was discharged this afternoon um, after the Yankees just were absolutely crushed. But, you know, Ooh, yeah, and that's going to take us. Potatoes. Yeah, that'll take us into the next topic topic of conversation the nitty-gritty of spring training today the Yankees got absolutely destroyed by the Phillies we don't care about final scores though we care about how people look when they're actually in the game and I was extremely impressed with Davey Garcia he made two mistakes all day and unfortunately for him this is what it is with baseball sometimes you can make two mistakes all day and they both get hit for home runs and you can just be perfect the rest of the day but he made two mistakes they both left for home runs the curveball looked great the fastball looked great the location was solid except for those two really bad mistakes um but i i think you know spring training overreactions one week in i think davy garcia is your fifth starter no question so when it comes to Davey Garcia, obviously I didn't get to see because, you know, I work during the day, James, like I work. Yeah, some of us have watch. jobs. Yeah, some of us have things to do. But anyway, um, you know, one of the things that I think about this is obviously looking at the stat line for me, like I was getting the updates on Twitter and I was just like, oh boy, two home runs. Like, look at that. However, here's the thing. I would much rather have him get punished for his mistakes right now than to sit there and sneak by with these mistakes and then later in the season just get clobbered by really good teams so you know what this is a really great learning experience for him because overall like you said he was masterful his performance was pretty great um but I'm glad to see him getting punished for those mistakes because if you let those go by and then you're just like oh my god look at the stat line he looks great good teams are going to crush that yeah. And Garcia's not, he's not a guy who has that electric level stuff where you can like, he's not Garrett Cole. If Garrett Cole misses his spot with a 99 mile per hour fastball, there's a pretty good chance it's going to sneak by anyway. Davey right. Garcia. I mean, we're talking mid nineties and the curveball, which is what he threw to the first home run today. Uh, Higashioka wanted it way down, like in the dirt and he left it in the bottom of the zone and it got crushed. So that's, those are those mistakes where if you leave, those pitches in a hittable area, they're going to get crushed. It's not Garrett Cole. It's not Garrett Cole's slider where he could just get by on just being able to throw better than anybody else. You have to be a little more precise with Davey Garcia. And he was for the rest of the game. So I was, I was really happy with the way he looked. And then we have Domingo Herman going tomorrow, which I'm not excited about because not only was he absolutely terrible in the Dominican winter league, he hasn't pitched in what a year and a half. And he's yeah. a bad guy. So I don't care about Domingo Herman. I want him in AAA. I don't want him anywhere near this roster. So Davey Garcia is my fifth starter. Well, you know, I think we've talked about this before, or maybe I'm thinking of someone else. I might be thinking of Severino. Um, but now the comparisons for Davey Garcia are for uh, Pedro Martinez. And as much as I hate that guy, that guy was a pretty damn good pitcher. Yeah, one of the best changeups I've ever seen. So I'm, I'm happy with that comparison. And, you know, that's obviously those are big shoes to fill, but it doesn't seem like he's letting it get to his head though. You know what I mean? You definitely see some prospects that are coming up through the system, which 
who knows, we could have some right now that we just haven't been paying as much attention to um, or paying too much attention to that are going to, you know, falter under the pressure. But it doesn't seem like he's doing that. And that's part of the thing that I'm trying to watch with him is, is see how he handles this pressure, because obviously the Yankees love him. They think so highly of him. You just want to make sure he doesn't falter. Yeah. And Garcia says that he's very proud to be compared to Pedro Martinez, which is a great sign because that's pretty much the exact picture you want to idolize. If you're a guy like Davey Garcia and Luke Voigt also said that not a lot of guys act like this when they're 21 years old. It's important to remember Davey Garcia, only 21 years old. He can only just now legally buy an alcoholic beverage. And it's just this guy, he's got like the mental makeup that's going to help him succeed in New York. It's going to help him put his failures behind him, but also learn from those experiences. So I, I mean, I'm so happy. I love Davey Garcia. You know, what's starting to happen to me. I am now 28 years old. I don't know if anyone knows that I'm 28 years old guys. Um, I'm looking at these players and I'm idolizing them. And I'm like, oh my God, these players, they're so good. It's so awesome to watch them come up through this system. Like the changeup is incredible. The fastball is incredible. Look at the bat speed. And then I look at their ages. I'm like, oh my God, they're like 21 and 22. This is embarrassing. I'm 28 years old. I have a full-time job, which is great. Like I love my job, but at the same time, like I've done nothing compared to these guys and I idolize them. It's crazy. Sorry, that sometimes just hits me. No, I I get that. I had that moment with Andrew Wiggins when he got drafted into Uh, the NBA because we're the same age. And I remember, you know, growing up, you idolize these guys. They're in the NBA. They're in the MLB. And you're like, oh, man, like these are the best athletes in the world. And then one day you realize that you are the exact same age as them. And what are you doing with your life compared to what they're doing with theirs? And then it's, then it's a whole other conversation. Like I'm looking at Davey Garcia. If I saw him in the locker room, I would be able to call him kid and get away with it. Like I'm sitting here and I'm proud that I actually like heated up soup for dinner tonight instead of eating chips. And these guys are like out there slugging 420 foot home runs. Okay. Big yeah, on national television every night. Like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> We're in different places. I'll just eat my soup in peace here. (laughs) But I mean, the other thing too, is this also reminds me of like when I used to watch the little league world series, first of all, if you haven't watched the little league world series, what are you doing with your life? That was the most phenomenal sporting event, especially as a kid growing up and, you know, playing little league baseball and stuff. But as I got to like being 16, 17, and I was watching 13 year olds and 12 year olds. And I was like, Oh my God, that kid's so good. I was like, what am I doing? doing with my life yeah no i never never got the chance to once i hit past like 13 years old and i was looking at like my younger brother's team was in the williamsport tournament and they didn't make it to like any of the national tv stages but that was like okay now that he's in the tournament i can kind of look down on all of the other kids who are younger than me and i don't really want to watch them anymore because they're way better than i am and i'm older than them and at 13 that's a big deal Exactly. No, I mean, um, I guess in, in terms of like the Yankees and the games, obviously they lost today's game against the Phillies, 15 to nothing. Ouch. Um, you know, definitely didn't have a good time, but I will tell you the best part about this. And I'm going to have to pull up this tweet. Um, our buddies over at talking Yanks, um, they're posting now, you know, post game things and the top performers and stuff like that so today their graphic was you know obviously they lost 15 nothing which really sucked but it said 
Trey, I, I forget how to pronounce his last name. Amber Gay. Yep. Trey Amber Gay, top, for, top performer, 0 for 1. And they usually it says like, you know, one home run, two RBIs. It says diving play, our friend. <laughs> yeah, no, as as former manager Joe Girardi, who was also the opposing manager in this game, would say, it's not what you want. It's not what you want, not in the least, but I thought that was really funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, some spring training performances, obviously we can talk about the fact that spring training doesn't mean as much as a lot of people put stock into it. However, it is really nice to see certain players doing some great things. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. And I'm also going to preamble this with, we don't take the results in spring training seriously, but when you see a guy doing what you want him to be doing during the regular season, when you see it click early for him, you can't help but get a little hopeful that he's going to continue to do that. And we are talking about Gary Sanchez. Gary! Yeah, Gary August Sanchez. August, Gary, in March? What? August, Gary, in March. And maybe that's just the shortened season just delayed August, Gary. So I don't know when, maybe we'll get him in October this year. I don't know if that's month math. This isn't a, this isn't a math podcast, but this is the thing that I've been saying with Gary Sanchez for like four years when he's hitting with power to the opposite field. That is when Gary Sanchez is the best version of Gary Sanchez. Cause when he gets into that pull only, when he's just trying to hit home runs down the line, mm-hmm. he gets exposed to the down and away curveballs, the down and away sliders. But when he stays on it, he goes the other way. He's seeing the ball so well. Like if he carries that into the season, ooh, we're going to get a good Gary Sanchez this year. I'm so far so good with Gary Sanchez. Um, Obviously lots of home runs. Uh, well, just two of them. But really, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that's a lot. It's two and like um, eight at bats. Right, exactly. So I'm really liking what I'm seeing from him, not just on the offensive side, but from the defensive side. He is looking decent behind the plate already. Um, He's adjusting to the one knee thing. Yeah, exactly. He's adjusting. Um, You know, obviously, when it comes down to it, I don't think he's going to be the greatest defensive catcher. I mean, he's just not. I don't think he's built like that. I just don't think that's what he's going to be. He's going to be a decent catcher with some very good power and a stellar arm. Yeah. And I I can, I can get by with that. If I'm going to, I'll sacrifice some past balls for some caught stealings. As long as that averages out on the defensive end, as long as he's at least even almost an average catcher, if he's a slightly below average defensive catcher, whatever, I'm fine with that because on offense, we've seen what he can bring when he's right. 2020 was a complete disaster where we didn't see any defense. We didn't see any caught stealing. We didn't see any offense, but 2021, you know, if he can just be slightly below average defensively and also hit 35, 40 homers, I don't give a shit about his defense. I'm okay with this. I feel like this is fine. Yeah. And he's also, he works with Garrett Cole. Uh, he's been working with all the pitchers on the staff. He, I mean, he worked pretty well with Garrett Cole last year in the small sample size, of course. Uh, Higashioka was way better catching Cole. Cole was, you know, he had like a one eight ERA yes. to Higashioka and like a three six to Gary. I don't remember the exact numbers, but there it was a big difference. And, mm-hmm. you know, part of that might be getting started after the long layoff when Gary Sanchez caught his first like eight games or something getting started versus once you really get in a rhythm, who knows? 
but the Yankees have made it clear that they want to work Gary Sanchez and Garrett Cole together to start the season. If it's not going well, you can always go back to Kyle Higashioka. That's fine. But if you can get Gary and Cole working together, and if they're working well together, Garrett Cole is pitching well to him, that opens up a lot more possibilities for you because you don't have to have Kyle Higashioka catch once a week. Right. Right. And it's, it's nice to kind of have that as a backup. And right now you have the opportunity to really like test that out because obviously if Gary Sanchez is going to be your number one catcher and he can't catch your number one ace, the guy who is going to be out there every five days, that's just, it's not great. No. And you think about it. No, it's not what you want. And you think about it from a playoff perspective where during the regular season, whatever Gary Sanchez needs, you know, he needs a day of rest every week anyway, because he's a catcher. It's a tough position to play. So, you know, throw Kyle Higashioka out there with Garrett Cole. They like working together. It'll be fine. But once you get to the playoffs, it's like, okay, those rest days, they don't exist anymore. You're playing every single day because we need you in the lineup. You need to have some level of comfort between Cole and Sanchez if you want Cole to be his best version in the playoffs, which is what we think about when we're talking about the Yankees. This is a playoff team. It will always be a playoff caliber team. So we need to think not regular season. We need to think what's going to work best in round one to the playoffs this year. You literally go into the season already anticipating the playoffs. That's just how it is. So, I mean, everything in the season is just a precursor for how things are going to look in the playoffs. I mean, it's, it's basic math. Once again, not a math podcast, but I can do that math. Yeah, I would say there's almost no way that the Yankees missed the playoffs this year. Uh, the Rays got significantly worse. The Blue Jays aren't close to beating us out for the division yet. So, at worst case, we're looking at the wild card if the Rays do somehow pull something out of their ass again. And best case, we're running away with the division. So, you know, the season, it, it seems dumb to say, but it almost doesn't matter. Like, I'm just worried about everybody getting right in September. I don't care what happens in May, June, July, August, as long as we're still, you know, in the playoff hunt. I care about everybody being healthy and getting right in September going into October. And, you know, Gary and Cole, that's a big part of that. Yeah, sorry, I'm reading a tweet about. Um, mm-hmm. Is it about Gio or Shella? So many different things, actually. Someone wants both Jay Bruce and Derek Dietrich on the Yankees roster. So I don't, I don't think um, that's possible. Yeah, sorry, Arby. Although Gio or <laughs> did say he feels pretty comfortable at shortstop because of how often he plays it in the shift. So who knows? Maybe we leave. Yeah, maybe we leave Tyler Wade off the roster entirely, and Gio or is our backup shortstop. I mean, I'm totally fine with it. I mean, I like, like I said, I like Tyler Wade. I just feel like his time has passed um, to really make a significant impact. And Gio Rochelle is just so versatile. And he's just, like we've talked about, the cutest human being alive. He's just adorable. He probably plays a great shortstop too. Like if you put him out there for a full game, he probably plays a great shortstop. Maybe, maybe doesn't have the best range there, but you know, the ball gets hit to him. He's picking it no matter what. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I do want to talk about, I don't know what else is on your list, but. Oh, I don't um, have a list. We're just, we're just shooting the breeze here, shooting the shit. So big news. Uh, the New York Yankees Twitter account has decided they're actually going to interact with fans. That's a mistake. That's a mistake. (laughs) That's don't do that. They're, they're trying to copy, you know, like the Cleveland Indians account, the Rocky, like, you know, they're trying to get more involved, but like, that's not, that's just not what Yankees Twitter does. And they don't want that. 
No, don't you don't want to do that with Yankees Twitter. You don't want to get involved in that. You don't want them to know that you can respond. You don't want that. And it's like, I, this always reminds me of the tweet from the Blue Jays when they announced some kind of news and somebody replied to them and goes, source. And they go, literally us, the Blue Jays. <laughs> and that's just like, that's what the Yankees are going for by re- replying to fans. But trying to be relevant to the younger generation which like i i gotta admit i've asked for the yankees to like to start responding to people on twitter because everyone loves them i mean like it would just be so cool to like respond to their tweet and say something but i don't know we know know how yankees twitter is it's just this isn't going to end up going well for the yankees like somebody is going to reply to something they shouldn't reply to and then it's going to be a whole disaster it's going to be like, they're going to talk about Aaron Boone. Well, this is, you know, he obviously already had his surgery, but they'd be like, oh, Aaron Boone went in for surgery. And someone would be like, fire John Carlos Stanton out to the sun. Like, how are they? <laughs> yeah, like, that's what Yankee Twitter is. This isn't like, this isn't Toronto Blue Jays Twitter. This is right. Yankees Twitter. We have every like, single day. Oh, someone's going to be complaining hey, Ron, about how something. how you doing, eh? Like, it's not yeah. that. It's There's no politeness that. here. This is this is a war. This is a battlefield. It's going to be like some, some like old guy sitting on his couch just being like, when I was a Yankee fan, they were actually respectful, you know. Yeah, how so. about you how about you cut that Frazier guy? He wants Mickey Mantle's number. And the Yankees just like, <laughs> "No, man, no, stop. You don't want to get in this game. If you can stay <laughs> off Twitter in the year 2021, you have a moral obligation to do it." so i did um i did actually respond to their tweet because i was basically like yo you want someone to run this account because i feel like i have the chops to do it and a good sense of humor to do it so i just want to make sure yankees know that like have a good sense of humor you know just easy breezy don't take it too seriously because yankees twitter sucks sometimes don't don't be too breezy though if we're too breezy that's gonna make the boomers mad that's gonna make them angry i know i mean there's there's lightheartedness and then there's like tweeting out a funny gif after a brutal loss like we lose like we lose 15 nothing to the phillies in a spring training game and instead of posting the score they just tweet out some funny gif and you know everyone comes in and being like how about you tweet the score you bums like, no, stop, guys. World Series or bust. Why are you joking around? Yeah, come on. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just baseball, but we know what Yankees Twitter is. We've been in this game oh, for yeah. too long. It, they're they're opening up a, a dangerous, dangerous um, road here. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. But, hey, if they respond to one of my tweets, then I'll be totally happy. It's fine. Yeah, it's totally fine. It's like getting your tweet up on uh, on the Yes broadcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Last year, getting it on my birthday was the funniest thing because one of the producers texted or not texted me, but like messaged me on Twitter and he's like, yo, is it your birthday today? And I said, Medvin. Yeah. We love Mike Mike Medvin. Yeah. Mike was like, Hey, is it your birthday? And I was like, yes. He goes, okay. And I was like, you're doing something, aren't you? So um, that was awesome. But I don't know if I've ever told this story, but that day when it popped up, I was um, out like getting a drink. 
um, for my birthday. And I decided, I just like went to the bathroom. I was like, oh, here I go. Went to the bathroom, came back out. And I, my phone was exploding. And I was like, what is going on? Everyone was tweeting at me and stuff. And I was with a group of like four or five friends. And I was like, wait, were you watching the game? Did you just see that? And they're like, oh, no, see what? No. So nobody saw it. Oh, you had to go, so you had to go back and watch it. You had to go back and, and figure it out. No, replay like, it. Multiple people sent me like, uh, like videos of it. So I was like, oh, thank goodness. And so I sent it to my mom and every uh, living relative. Yeah. Everybody I could think of in my phone got a picture <laughs> of my screenshot. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so another player I kind of wanted to discuss slightly, even though I know it's only two innings, but. Kluber. Corey, Corey Kluber. Kluber. Corey Kluber. Yeah, he looked great. Um, thank. I also, I should have done this at the beginning of the podcast. I need to take a second and shout out Max Goodman from Sports Illustrated <laughs> because he is absolutely doing the Lord's work. He is taking videos of all the games that aren't televised. So we don't miss any of these big plays. And I mean, just it claps to him. He was, he's doing a yeah. fantastic job. So he got some nice video of Corey Kluber. He had two innings pitched, three strikeouts. Uh, I think maybe one hit, uh, maybe no hits. I don't remember now, but uh, no hits, no hits, no yeah, hits, no hits, no walks. no walks. So just clean two innings of work. And I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's a great sign. I felt everyone kind of felt like the Yankees were hiding Corey Kluber from us just in case he didn't look good in his first spring training game. Cause then you get yeah. the Yankees Twitter people coming out and being like, I can't believe we signed this bum for $11 million. Like whatever. <laughs> it's the first game of spring training. But when guys look good in spring training, we like that. We like to get overly excited about that. And Kluber apparently looked fantastic. So that's mm-hmm. going to be a good sign. And we're hoping yeah. for health for him and Tyone because if they're healthy and they're both pitching well, this is like a really dangerous rotation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I love the idea of, like we said, spring training doesn't always count. A lot of people don't look at the spring training stats and they get really defensive about it. Uh, But it's really nice to see a player who's coming back from injury look really good in their first outing it's a very very good sign and it really makes me feel a lot better um about the money we spent of course i wasn't feeling bad about it just because of the whole situation with matt blake being his former pitching coach um cressley being over there at his rehab and kind of keeping an eye on him and everything it's just it makes me feel even better i love it yeah and it's like what we talked about with josh and lean it's like weirdly the fact that the Yankees spent a lot of money on Corey Kluber made me more confident that he was going to be healthy and good in 2021 because they wouldn't have spent $11 million on him if they didn't know for a fact this guy is good to go. Right, exactly, exactly. So very, very good sign. Um, I like what I'm seeing so far. And I don't normally like spring training because the Yankees usually lose every game. Like, just, just going back in the past. They haven't been great at spring training. I'll have to actually look up the stats for that. But um, in my head, at the very least, yeah, I, really I, like... I can't remember a time when we had a good spring training record. And right. I also can't remember a time when people didn't overreact to our like 500 spring training record. 
It's true. It's true. But yeah, no, I mean, definitely seeing some very good things um, on on a few different fronts. And uh, quite honestly, um, Gio, watching him, like I haven't really watched him obviously during a game. I know he played the other night, but um, watching him, like even just during warmups, those videos that people are showing practices and stuff like that, he looks like he's exactly the same. Yeah, he says he feels 100%, which I'm inclined yeah. to believe the player. So, right. That's great. Uh, you know, the hitting will come around. The arm will come around. He feels great. Apparently, he looked great on the field today. I didn't get a chance to watch the whole game today. Uh, so I missed. Apparently, he made a play from the shortstop hole, which was pretty nice. Um, but, you know, Geo's going to be good this year. That's It is what it is. We've just accepted this. We've accepted that 2019 was not a fluke. This is just who he is. And 2021 is going to be a big year for him. Absolutely. I'm so looking forward to it. Uh, I love Geo. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that we kind of briefly mentioned earlier, that competition for the last bench spot, it's pretty much just between Tachman, Bruce, and Derek Dietrich. And it kind of seems like Mike Tachman is playing himself into a trade, which is, I mean, at the end of the day, he's definitely the best out of those three players. I would rather have him on my team than any of those other players. And he's the only one of those three players that can't also play first base which is yeah. the backup position we need him for. Cause we have Brett Gardner. So we don't need Mike Talkman to play defensive outfield. We don't need that. And he's got no options. So we can't send him down. He's playing really well. He said 2020, mm -hmm. he was dealing with a shoulder thing, which is why his numbers were so far down. Um, so I think we're just at the point where if everyone stays healthy, Mike Talkman gets traded the day before the season starts. Like he did when we traded for him from the Rockies and we had right. to send Tyler Wade down. That's just the worst thing ever. Tyler Wade thinks he's finally going to be on the opening day roster. And then the day before we get Mike Tockman and send him down. Oh, that's brutal. But we're going to do that to somebody else now. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to Mike Tockman, he's already breaking bats over his leg. He's taking this super seriously. Like this is not a game to him anymore. Um, you know, he's out of options. I, to be honest, like I expected them to trade him during the off season, but you know, maybe they're waiting to inflate his numbers a little bit, hopefully get something a little nicer back um, for him. But yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. And um, he's already hit one home run this spring. I believe, I don't know what else he has done. I think I know he hit, he hit the one that they had Luke Voigt. They were interviewing Luke Voigt during it. I know that one. I think he yes, might've gotten dropped, another one. He dropped a cuss word on the air. Oh no. Oh, nobody, dear. nobody tell Phil Mushnick. Oh, by the way, off topic. Did you see the New York post headline yesterday? No. Okay. So John Carlos Stanton gets two at bats in his first spring training game. And he strikes oh, out in both of them. Yeah, he strikes out in both of them. And the post runs with this headline, Stanton not concerned about slow start to spring training. What do you mean a slow start to spring training? He had two at-bats. Two. Yeah, but That's he should it. already be five for five with 12 home runs. But what are we talking about here? I mean, this is, it's ridiculous. Why do we keep, 
I don't know why I keep getting so mad about the New York Post because this isn't the first time they've done this to me. They did this over the summer saying Gary Sanchez doesn't know a thing about baseball. Shut up, Phil Mushnick. They did it after the season when Pete Alonso saying, let's fucking go. Mets is bad for the sport. Shut up, Phil Mushnick. This one, I don't think Phil Mushnick wrote this one. So he's going to get a pass on this article. But as a whole, the New York Post, what the fuck are you doing, man? Listen, sometimes you got to try and make news where news is from. You're in journalism right now. Yeah, but I don't, I mean, this is the New York Post. This isn't fan-sided. You don't need to write these clickbait headlines. You're one of the biggest newspapers in the world. What do you need the Twitter clicks for? I mean, listen, everyone's paying attention to the New York Times, you know, uh, Britney Spears documentary right now. So, like, the sports section needs an extra boost. They got to do whatever they can. Oh, my God. That just made me so mad. But back to Mike Talkman. So he's he's playing very well. He's taking it super seriously. And he also wanted the Yankees to know that he played some first base in college. So just in case they want to try him out there, he's doing literally anything he can to stay with the Yankees. And the more he does, the more likely it is that he's going to get traded. Right, right. Well, you know what? We've definitely seen that before. We've seen players play themselves into trades and it's. Quite honestly, it's really tough to watch. I, I feel terrible whenever that happens because, like, if you're playing well, you should be getting playing time where you are. Yeah, and you I know? think, you know, Talkman, if we didn't re-sign Brett Gardner, Talkman's the backup outfielder no matter what. I mean, he's out there. You might even see at some point during the season a platoon situation for a few weeks with Clint Frazier. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was that good in 2019 where you got to find this guy at bats. He's not Brett Gardner. You can't just play him whenever you feel like playing him. You have to find this guy at bats. But I mean, where where is he going to play? Where are we going to put him? We got no room for him. It doesn't matter how good he is. We have nowhere to play him. Uh, hype coach? Hype coach? Yeah, I, d- I yeah. don't think that one fits on the 26-man roster. Eh. Eh. It's an idea. It is what it is. Derek Dietrich also, I think he has two home runs now, maybe just one home run. I'm getting, I'm losing track. I'm doing so I much it stuff. During it was day. a two run home run. Maybe that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he looks, he looks good. Jay Bruce has hit a couple balls pretty hard. Um, so, you know, it's not like those two are doing absolutely nothing. They just don't bring you right. anything in return. Understandable. Um, did you guys talk last week about Aaron Judge's teeth? Yes, we mentioned it, uh, but, you know, we have to get you a chance. All right. Listen, I'm glad. I'm glad that he, you know, is, is using his money to, like, do things. Obviously, I thought he was perfect the way he was, so I'm not going to be like, oh, he looks ugly. But it just looks weird to me because I'm so used to that adorable little gap, you know? It was, like, his signature. And now his signature is just being, like, six foot twelve. That's seven feet, <laughs> six foot seven. Of all, of all the numbers, one to 12, you could have chosen. <laughs> six foot zero. Um, no. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's weird to me. I'm going to have to get used to it. But like, I just watched his first interview and I was like. Yeah, it was shocking, especially because like that feels like something we would have heard about in advance. Right. Like, yeah, Aaron you Judge got what? his teeth fixed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, because that's something that he's known for the gap in between his teeth, like kind of like a Michael Strahan type thing. And Michael Strahan didn't get his gap fixed, but Aaron Judge did. So no, like, and Michael you know Strahan's on national on TV you. every morning. 
I'm like, I'm not going to hate on you. Absolutely not for, you know, fixing that. Like maybe it makes him feel better. I don't know, but like, I got, I got to get used to it. So like, it's going to take me a little bit of time. No, well, Aaron judge saw Francisco Lindor get traded to the Mets and he was like, well, there's a new face in baseball. Now they're a new face in New York baseball and he has a better smile than me. So I have to go ahead and fix that because I am the face of New York baseball. Nobody else, just me. So you just had to outdo Francisco Lindor and he does. I mean, it looks great. His teeth look great. It was just kind of, Mm -hmm. it was kind of shocking when we didn't hear anything about it. And then he shows up to the press conferences and opens his mouth for the first time. And it's like, Holy shit. He looks like Chip Skylark. Yeah. I mean, basically Francisco Lindor was like, was winning going ahead in that race and Aaron judge just wanted to close the gap. Yeah. Francisco Lindor also admitted that last year he was dogging it at times for Cleveland which is not something you want to admit to the New York media. That's not something you want to run with. But I mean, hey, props Mm -hmm. to you for being honest. You probably shouldn't have been dogging it. But, you know, it was a weird season. I'm not going to hate on him for that. But definitely don't want to tell New York media members that you were dogging it at any point. According to New York, if you're giving anything less than 110% at all times, even when you're asleep, you are not doing enough. Agreed. Agreed. Anything else that you wanted to... um discuss anything else i don't know i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to flip through my tweet rolodex i have so many bookmarked tweets now Hmm. i don't really bookmark my tweets i just all of a sudden like forget about them so i probably forgot like 12 different subjects yeah i do i didn't used to and now that now that i'm doing um the other shows, the Daily Yankee show and the Daily MLB show, I need like one location where I can put all of my news so I can go back later and sort through it all. Um, I also uh, just stole the name of our podcast, put it on our daily show too. call that one the Bleacher Creature Daily Show. <laughs> just jacked it. What? Yeah, just stole it. Just like, well, yeah, that's whatever. rude. It's fine. You didn't even consult me. No, that's fair. I didn't consult you, but you know. I stole it. You know. Yeah. We already named it. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. Uh no, I don't I don't think I have anything else. I think we've pretty much covered the last week, maybe I guess two weeks since you weren't here last week either. Uh, also, yes, um, Josh's episode just magically disappeared from Apple. Like it's still everywhere else. It's still on Spotify. It's still on like Amazon, like everywhere, except. So even Apple doesn't like Josh. They're just trolling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. And it, it was there. I know it was there because I tweeted out the link to the episode. I saw that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it just now it's just not there anymore. <laughs> So yes, I would just last week I was on vacation. Um, really not anywhere. Like, I guess not fun. I went to the Catskills and we just like rented a, an Airbnb in the middle of nowhere. And we literally just built a fire. There was no service, only Wi-Fi. Um, so we couldn't make phone calls. So like if we had to call 911, there was an issue. Um, but just Wi-Fi, there was a hot tub it was snowing. It was perfect. So I highly recommend if you're kind of feeling like that vacation, you know, you just want to get out of here, like just get out of where you are, you know, go somewhere that's like less than two hours away from you and just rent a place and just be somewhere different. It was enlightening, I guess you could say, um, until I had to jump in the ice pile because, you know, Brett Gardner signed, but 
Yeah. And, you know, props to you for doing that. You put it out on Twitter and, you know, you had to follow through on it. I also yeah. I also put something out on Twitter this week that I'm not looking forward to following through. I was much more confident in it oh, when yeah. I posted it um, that if the new YouTube channel, Next Up Sports Network. So yeah. anyone listening to this want to go subscribe to that. If we get 100 subscribers by Saturday, I'm going to run a beer mile while recording a show in my high school track shorts, which are extremely short and they do not fit me. I did try them on. They do not fit me. So that's about that's a, that's a lot of factors. You went all in. So that's yeah, pretty no, impressive. I, I went all in. So if anybody wants to see me brutally embarrass myself, uh, go subscribe to next up sports network. I'm going to say it really quietly. So maybe nobody hears it. I don't actually, I don't want those subscribers to come. I don't want to run in my shorts. So I do have one more thing to add. Um, I am so excited. The best part about like spring training being back is that we have seen the return of Aaron Hicks walk bat flips. Yes. And I love it. Yes. That one was so good. It was, which one was better though? Aaron Hicks, which was much more pronounced and he really like, he actually flipped the bat or Andrew McCutcheon when he took the walk, didn't even put the bat down, just chucked it over his shoulder. Which one's better? No way. It's Listen, you cannot beat Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks is the bat flip. Well, I can't say the bat flip king because, to be honest, that's probably Tatis now. Um, but the walk bat flip king. The walk bat flip? Yeah. Aaron Hicks for sure, 110%. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's kind of close because, you know, Hicks, it was definitely the better bat flip of the two, it was more pronounced. It was more exciting that Aaron Hicks got walked. He fucking chucks the bat three ro- full rotations back into the dugout. That's like a really great bat flip, but I've never seen anybody take a walk the way McCutcheon took a walk where he just takes a pitch inside and then just whoop, right over his shoulder. Never seen that before. So it's kind of the shock factor. I'm going to make a, um, a poll about this for all the Yankees fans. So, okay. Which bat flip today, right? Uh, I think, I think it was yesterday. Yesterday. Um, yeah. Which we, yeah, oh, which yes, bat was. flip was better. We'll find out. We'll find out what the people think. We'll find out. The people will speak. Team James versus team Allison again. I'm going Aaron Hicks all the way. I'm Even though I love Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah. I don't think you can vote in your own poll either. So I'll tell, I'll go on to the bleacher creatures account and I'll vote for your choice. And then I'll vote for Andrew McCutcheon on my choice. Okay, that works. So we'll, we'll even it out a little bit. There's 23 hours left, everyone. Get voting. We have to find this out. Get voting. This is the most important thing that's happened in spring training so far. Absolutely. Um, all right. So I think that's going to wrap it up for us. you have any final thoughts? Uh, negative. I'm just super excited for opening day, which is also my grandmother's birthday. And she's a huge Yankees fan. And she just found out that opening day is on her birthday. So she's like uberly ecstatic Uh oh it's 50 50 right now did you vote i didn't vote yet <gasps> so it's, this is good this is gonna be a big one this is gonna be a big poll Ooh, can't wait can't wait yeah Retweet. Um, do everything you need we need to know the proper answer we need to get as many people as we possibly can absolutely um all right so that'll wrap it up for us this week a uh, couple final notes don't forget to subscribe to this podcast because we like talking to people And we like getting questions from the people and we want to share it with everybody and give us a five-star rating because we see how many people listen to the podcast and we see how many ratings we have. The numbers don't add up. The numbers don't add up. We know how many people are listening every week who haven't given us a rating yet. So we're getting on, we're getting on top of it. And if you, 
Yeah. If you want to see me run a mile for the first time since my freshman year of college in my high school track shorts while drinking four beers, one per lap and recording an episode of warning track power, go subscribe to next up sports network. <laughs> Beer miles are tough. They're even tougher are when tough. you are, you know, I was, I did, things. I did one my freshman year of college, which is when like the first two months of college, I was working out with their track team because I still thought running was fun. And then I realized that running is actually terrible. So I quit. Um, but that was like, I was in the best running shape of my life and I was in the best drinking shape of my life. And I ran a beer mile in under six minutes. And I was like super excited because the world record at the time was like, it was only like 520. And I was like, oh, like I'm only like 40 seconds off the world record. I bet if I can drink these beers a little bit faster, like I can maybe get there. Cause like my fastest high school mile time was like 445. So I knew I could run that fast. I just needed to drink the beers faster. And now if the over under has been set at 12 minutes and 45 seconds by another old high school track buddy, just like, yeah, like I've seen your progression from your high school days to what you look like now. And we're going to set the over under at almost 13 minutes for you to do this entire mile. So that's not a glowing recommendation of what it's going to look like for me, but I think it'll be fun content. <laughs> I am just, I'm in awe right now. Just in awe. That's all. Yeah. I was like, you're, you're jumping into the ice in your bathing suit. That was a big inspiration for this as well as yeah. Stephen Woods. Unfortunately, I couldn't find a soft snow drift and it was freaking freezing out. So I was just kind of like, okay, yeah, this, I'm just going to have to do it. I didn't even test it at first. Cause I knew if I did, people would you, be like, oh my God, there was already a hole there. You knew. So I just yeah, figured no. I'd go for it. I got a huge scratch on my foot. Can't see it, but I got a huge scratch on there. <laughs> so oh I did this for you. I did this for you, Twitter. And for Brett Gardner. And for Brett. Yes. All right. So that's going to wrap it up. We'll see you all next week. All right. Sounds good.